Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I feel like I've said this a few times, but I'm going to go for it today. I am so excited to be with you, be with the listeners, be with our team. We have a guest today. We're very excited about introducing our guest. But first of all, this show is hosted by Jean-Marie Ayers. I'm Amy Sullivan-Ryan. I'm Dr. Carrie Skirtla, and this is where we talk about everything. And absolutely nothing. So hold on tight, listeners. We talk about everything and Jack. It really is. We have an opportunity to dig in. So we're just happy you joined us. We, we're just thrilled you to be with us on a Saturday morning. And today we have a special guest. She's not only a guest, but apparently she's special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Betsy Heffron, we're thrilled that you were brave enough to join us. And this is where, Betsy, we get to question for at least, sometimes our producer cuts us off. Sometimes he waves and says, you know, no, this should be a shorter show. But say that really quick. Shorter show. Short a show. But Betsy, thanks for joining us from Boston, which means you're two hours ahead. Last week you were three hours, but this week you're two hours ahead. And we're just thrilled. So is there anything you want to say about yourself, Betsy, like you have a dog and, you know, or anything at all? I'm just thrilled to be here. I do have a dog and I have a husband and I have some kids and I have a job. I've got a lot of things, but I'm really just thrilled to be here. Thank you. Oh my God, that's so thrilling. You have a job. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Okay. So the question this morning is, what are you holding on to? So listeners, just be with us. Be with us. Question for yourselves. What are you holding on to? So I'm just going to throw it out there. Let's see what sticks. I'm holding on to hope. That that was mine. (laughs) Was that yours? Yeah, there's this hope I have that shoe manufacturers are going to realize that a woman that wears a size 12 shoe would still like to wear an attractive one, that she doesn't have to hunt down and have shipped from goodness knows where and pay $1,000 for it when it's just a basic shoe. And I'm laughing about it, but I have been holding out for that hope since I was about 12 years old. What size shoe did you have at 12? By the time I was 11 years old, my foot was an 11. Women, right? Now, I'm six feet tall. Some people say, oh, well, it's because you're tall. But I've met plenty of tall women that don't wear that size shoe. I just come from a family where both my parents have large size feet. And, you know, it's a foot. I do the same thing with it that most people do, right? I walk on it. And yet it's been a struggle ever since I was a kid to find attractive shoes. And typically if I do find a place and they carry my size, I'm not even fair to the other women out there. I just buy them all because I don't know when I'm going to get another opportunity. And I've been hunting right now for, for fashion boots for about five years in my size that are attractive. Yeah. So for our listeners, Size 12, please. Size 12 has to be attractive. (laughs) I don't know how many women are listening who relate to that, but I definitely related to hope. Right, Amy? Related to hope. Oh, yeah. I I was hoping I'd win the lottery. 
right? I mean, like, you know, a billion dollars or $2 billion, whatever it was this week. That's what I was holding on to, was winning the lottery. Oh, and just so we're clear, before your lottery, our producer, thank you so much to our producer, the average American female, so we don't care about the rest of the world apparently, but just the average American (laughs) female is between an eight and a half and a nine which might surprise some people since in the 1970s, the average foot size used to be seven and a half. So we're getting bigger heads and bigger shoes. (laughs) That's that. So thanks. So just hold out another 40 or 50 years. You should be all set then. (laughs) Bigfoot, here she comes. And I'm just holding out for a hope for a coffee. My daughter said she was getting me a coffee about two hours ago. Okay. Do you relate to that? Yeah, I can. Okay. That's suffering to have to wait that long for yeah, coffee. E- exactly. There's a hope. Okay. So yeah, this is the part we absolutely talk about. Nothing. nothing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm over here hoping that like something will come to me. I'm holding on to the fact that my brain is just not there. Actually, it, it is a little bit, but what I'm holding on to really is like not changing Uh, you know like i want to change and then i'm holding on to not changing i don't want things to change but i want to change and i really want things to be different i I, just don't want to have to go through it yeah i want you to change (laughs) (laughs) i want you to change for me betsy so betsy here from from boston i don't know are you originally from boston betsy yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. Are you holding on to anything? Because I feel like you're holding out. Now. I mean, I hold on to everything. Yeah. I mean, I hold on to a lot. I hold on to resentment. I hold on to my feelings. I hold on to my words. I, oh goodness. I am holding on to joy. I, you know, I hold on to joy when, when I feel like it might make someone feel bad. I, it's an interesting question because I, I hadn't really thought of like, I think we joked earlier about it being like, I don't think I'm holding on to anything. And then you start diving in and, and I'm realizing like, oh yeah, no wonder I feel so heavy. I hold on. <laughs> I'm holding on to the world. I'm holding on to the world. Things will be, you know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Very deep. Wasn't it worth waiting for? Oh my God. She was better than all of us. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Betsy, run with the show. Run with it. Right, right. Just just give it over to Betsy. We're good. Dr. Carey, what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? You know, I mean, we've already, like Amy said, been in that whole space of nothing. And and I think about the bigger things that I'm holding on to, really a belief that there can be like peace and 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 harmony on the earth. I, I've I've always held on to this vision that I had that music would unite us all. And I was with someone in the northern part of the state a couple of years ago. Now, this guy's like real cowboy and one of the best friends I've ever had. And we were talking about a young black country singer. His name is Kane West, I think. And this kid just loves country. And one of my buddy's friends made the comment like, he should be a rapper. And I thought that was strange because can the guy rap, (laughs) right? You know, and he grew up in Oklahoma. So yeah, he probably has a interest in country music, you know? And I thought, man, that right there is such a divisive statement. And I just let it just go by. And it kind of shook my hope a little bit that 
we could all appreciate each other's talents and giftings and interests. I think that's a bigger part of who we are. And I'm holding on to that. And my heart gets broken a lot, but I still hold on to that vision. It sounds like you're holding on to the fact that humanity can't be better, maybe. No, I believe in humanity. I do. I think there are things that put us to sleep and we're walking around just kind of like running on programs most of the time. But I've seen humanity when we had something to defend, when we had something in common. I've seen us unite before. So it's possible if we wake up. And that might be really deep, but that is so tied to. Oh, my gosh. I just had to interrupt there, Dr. Kerry, because. I, I am holding on to the the there's something about the sleep. It takes something to wake up. Yeah. Cause even when you were talking, I got into this really, this really I went, oh, this is great. Dr. Kerry, she's and then I got into this lull, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. Not that you weren't saying something really interesting. No, it's just, you know, I just got I went, oh, okay. It like the drift, the drifting. Yes. Yeah. Drifting then when you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So when Dr. Carey was sharing that story, what was interesting and came up for me is I could see pettiness, like holding on to pettiness. And then as I sat here and I thought about it and thinking about the question, I'm like, wow, we're all taking it from a negative connotation, like holding on to something's bad. And then I thought, okay, well, what am I holding on to that's good? And then I said, okay, well, I've always said that I'm going to live to be 112. And I don't really want to let that go. I mean, so that's what I'm also holding on to. Mm -hmm. Holding on to dreams. As much as I try and shake it, I did ballet as a kid. I did it for about 11 years. So a kid sounds like four. But actually, I, I finished that at 17. And I'm still holding on to that I should be somewhat of a ballerina. There's, there's nothing about me that says ballerina, just so you know, just nothing. But I hold on to as if whatever I did as a kid, I should be continuing as an adult. And there's something about like those are my mm. first years and everything now. And not only am I saying I'm holding on to being a ballerina, which I'm not, which I'm not a ballerina, like listeners, that's just fine. Just, you know, take it the visual where you want it. But it's yeah. also holding on to, and I lost my train of thought. I was so holding on to it. I, I completely <laughs> lost it. I'm you know what? You know what I'm hearing though, when you say that is for me is like, oh yeah. Sometimes when I hold on to something, I don't even maybe know what it is. It is keeping me from what I'm up to like right now, what I right. want to be doing right now. And so then mm -hmm. I can't, because I'm so holding on to whatever it is, how it should be and not bad, I guess not even that was so good too, Amy, like that, that connotation of wrong or bad about it, but it, it's more like, wait, what if, okay. So if I'm holding on waiting for something, what am I not creating? What am I not doing? What am I not doing that will bring it to on this call. Well, I had, yeah, no, it was the conversation I was having with our producer before we came on to the show. And it's looking at what, wow, if we were not holding on to something, what actually would it look like? And I like imagine, for me, I don't know. 
like because I'm still holding on to my marriage, right? I'm not divorced. So I actually don't know what's on the other side of that. Right, right. But isn't there something you're not just holding on to the marriage, you're holding on to something. An ideology that life mm. should be this way. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Dr. Carey, don't you think there's something deeper than just holding on to the marriage? Because I, I know that you run programs for relationships. There's got to be something there. It's beyond holding on to the certificate. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I know that there's an arrangement involved, right? And there are children involved. So there's some convenience maybe that you're holding on to, right? And then, like, you know, divorce is brutal. Maybe you're holding on in an avoidance to something. I mean, I could. Oh, that's for I sure. Could, you yeah. Know, yeah. I was divorced and remarried. And I think sometimes when I, when I heard you say that you're holding on to something, I think sometimes, even now, it's weird. Sometimes I'll be holding on to like this. I wish it had been different. You know, like I, like I, I don't know. It's tied into something more than that. You know, it's like this wish for for it to be better or me to be better or us to be better or, you know, and everything has worked out wonderfully. But if I notice that like, oof, lingers there, like, eh, you know, so. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't get that last word. because <laughs> <laughs> I like threw vomit. It, it lingers there like vomit is what she's saying. Like, oh, <laughs> like, God. I, I was just saying, I was just thinking of us, Dr. Carey, you and me. And I thought she's only been married once and only been divorced once. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever the holding on to is for me, and I imagine people experiences, there is a sense of control. If I didn't hold on to whatever I was holding on to, it would just all be completely out of control. Yeah. And so it's like holding it together. I got to hold it together. I'm not sure what I'm holding together, but I definitely feel like now, definitely like when I'm on a plane, a plane should for sure, like, you, you know, they should be bumpy. Mm -hmm. I don't know why shouldn't be in my mind. They should be smooth, but aren't we going through clouds and vapor? So it should be bumpy, but when it it's bumpy, it wakes me up. Like I'm in a tin can. <laughs> And then don't look down. You, you know, even when I yeah. walk into the bathroom, I think, well, what am I in here? This is beyond my concept, but I'm holding on to, like I wait until the whole time to land before I let go. Anyway, that wasn't too deep, Betsy. I'm just saying, I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm looking for all the different ways. So we want our listeners to be looking for different ways of things that you're holding on to. but then. We want to be going somewhere. Like, what would it look like if we let go? Yeah. Okay. Well, for yeah. me this morning, what it looked like was I was holding on to eating well, whatever that is for me, defined as I'm doing that in my brain. My husband is in the kitchen making us breakfast, this sweet, like lovely breakfast, complete with bacon and eggs and, you know, all kinds of stuff that were not in my plan. Letting go was sitting down and thanking him and really like diving into breakfast, yeah. you know? I, 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 yeah. And then, but, then I, mean, I was on to gratitude, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, it, is it okay to hold on to some things, right? I, I think we're relating to mm -hmm. holding on as, at least what I'm hearing, as, as a negative thing. 
I guess it is if you're holding on to a grudge or some upset. My grandmother, she was born the day the Titanic sank. That's what I remember. Uh, okay. And the, oh, April twelfth. Twelfth. Yeah. Oof. Oh, we'll find yeah. out. A producer or not for sure. Was that's, no. Sorry to that's when she and was born. That's the day she was born. Yep. And she died in 2008. She lived a long time. Wow. And she was still upset about discipline that came from her mother around something that she didn't do. Her sister did it and her mother didn't listen to her. And she was still holding on to that. And my great grandmother died, I think, in like 1952 or something like that. I don't know. But she would experience it again and again. And if she ever thought like my mother was not listening to me, she would challenge my mother. She would say, listen to what she's saying. You need to hear it all before you make any decision because you could be wrong. And so to me, that's holding on to something that's negative, but holding on to a passion or a dream or a goal. You know, there are some people, they'll tell me all the time, they're like, wow, you know, you got your PhD and I never finished my bachelor's degree. Well, you're holding on to something there. Either finish it or let it go, right? So I think it just really matters what we're holding on to. Yeah. I'm still holding on. I'm going to kiss Kevin Costner. I've been holding on to that since no way out. (laughs) Oh, that's number four divorce right there, right there. (laughs) (laughs) Him's out. (laughs) My husband, he's gone. He's out. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. But it was Kevin. It was Kevin, Mike. (laughs) Well, your husband looks like Kevin Costner, so you got that going for him. I've been told that. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I would say that. Okay, so there's two things I want to say. First of all, the Titanic, April the 14th, 1912. And it made me think, Dr. Kerry, about when the Titanic went down, they hit an iceberg. They were going at 20 and a half knots. The producer did not send me that. I just happened to know it was going 20 and a half knots. They did not have enough lifeboats. They should have had 24 lifeboats, but I think they had 16 lifeboats or 12, something really small. and because they never thought the Titanic, it was an unsinkable ship. So why I'm saying all this is, so first of all, you're impressed. Are you impressed that I, I even remember any of this because I wasn't there? But I'm, yeah. so thank you very much. It, I can't believe I hold on to things that have no relevancy at all. So not about the Titanic sinking, that some idiot actually thought a ship was unsinkable. Yeah. Yeah. And I hold on to, see, you know, not just the resentment, because there's no resentment because I didn't know anybody. But why would I hold on to something in history that has no relevance to my life whatsoever? But the casualness, and I'm looking at what, well, why, do, why would I hold on to that? What, what is the point of that? But then maybe there is something like Dr. Kerry, you're, you're saying like maybe there isn't a positive or negative is there something in what we hold it so is it something it's like uh it it benefits us so it either impacts Mm. us for the greater good or the greater not so good so i I don't know i just uh maybe wanted to well i would say it's knowledge is what you're holding on to okay i mean even that goes back to your control too like yeah but it's 
Yeah. I mean, Jean-Marie, we've joked before. I call myself, you know, like I wear a sign that says useless information on it, right? It's like, oh, well, you need to know something. Today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I understand holding on to the information, like, why am I holding on to it? But for me, it's just, I hold on to it for knowledge, for myself. I feel like with the Titanic, because I have something about that as well, where human error can be that ridiculous, that it costs lives. And um, there's something about that, especially moving about in life. I, I, I love what Jean-Marie was talking about with the airplane, all of a sudden you're, you realize, well, I'm in this thing that could just go down. And when people make mistakes, when they, they err like that, I think it impacts all of us. It does. Just the thought that, wow, okay, I wasn't there, but somebody was that careless with those people. Kind of difficult to let go of. Yeah. And where else does it show up? Or, oh my gosh, that, if you talk about something like the Titanic, that does annoy me. It's like beyond annoyance. And mostly because just for for people who don't know all the listeners, I went to school in Southampton and in in England, and that's where the Titanic sailed from. So that seemed Mm. to be, you know, a big part of our primary school education was the Titanic. That's what Southampton is known for. And but I do remember the the shock of when I learned about knowing they could have had more lifeboats. Yeah. And where else is that relevant? Here we are from 1912 onwards is is when you know something. So I could hold on to it for a, a benefit of something. Anyway, I'm now now is the absolute. OK, so here's Sorry. like great. I mean, so I was down in Puerto Vallarta. And we were taking this pontoon boat. I don't know what it was, right? Cross the ocean to some island for some night show, whatever. We get on this thing. There's like 100 people on there. And what do I do? I start counting life jackets. And we got little kids on there. So mm-hmm. is there a reason that you're holding on to it? Yeah. Does the information come back valuable later somewhere else in life? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I wasn't getting on that pontoon boat in a rainstorm without making sure that there was enough life jackets. And we had a six month old baby with us. What were we doing with this baby? Should the boat sink? Because it was a real possibility, to be honest, because, of course, the Titanic comes up and we learned something from the Titanic. So there's something to be said about holding on to things is you learn from them. You learn from them. That's true. It changed um, communication between, because there were other ships nearby and no way to contact them. So it did, it, it changed a lot. There's so many things where there was a hefty price paid for what we learned, right? And still, I'm like Jean-Marie, there's still just something there, some sort of sadness or disappointment. Yeah, yeah, the sadness. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift it a little bit, okay? So... Dr. Carey and Betsy, just coming back to you, we want to make sure that you get your full guest appearance here. <laughs> is, so, Dr. Carey, what then would be possible if you and I let go of the sinking of the Titanic, <laughs> really? What, what would be I, possible? I think with things like that period, there t- tends to be a collective heaviness around it, certain topics, you know, a grief. Sort of thing that 
if nothing else, you and I would get some relief from if we let it go. I've never even thought about letting it go or realized until you talked about that today that something like that is in my space. There are other things that are in my space. I'm looking at this film that's coming out till it's already out. I've been asking myself, it's about the killing of Emmett Till in the state of Mississippi, a Chicago kid that got accused of whistling at a white woman and he got murdered. And I was asking myself, like, do I want to go and see that movie? Right. And there's something there I'm realizing today. I can't let go of just a heartbreak and there's no resolve for me in it. So it's difficult for me to let it go. But what if I could, going back to your question, Jean-Marie, what mm-hmm. if I could let that go, right? Yes. I, I wouldn't be the one that would heal. Oh, healing. So yeah. healing, healing would be possible. And as mm-hmm. you're talking about it, I got it. So we got, well, like, you know, a minute and a half left. So for me, what would be possible? I'd love that, Dr. Carey. Like I, I would not have thought of healing, but definitely I could feel like I'm lighter with the something else is possible if I let go of resentment, grudgy, not the knowledge, because that that would be useful. Something else is possible is possible. So Betsy, I'm going to go over to you because I want to give you a few seconds there before we finish our show today. I think what's coming up for me around this is uh, just listening to you all. I think what's possible for me around letting go of those things that I hold on to, especially stuff, old stuff, like like even that like Titanic and like fear, I guess I could give up fear. I think living right here and now would be very, very possible being in the moment, even thinking about your Puerto Vallarta thing. I've been in situations where I'm surveying the room due to old, you know, traumas or tactics or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not on the boat. I wouldn't be on the boat. I wouldn't enjoy my family or the people. And I would miss that entire trip out of fear. So yeah, living for me. Well, this is great. What a perfect ending to the show. This is great. Like fear, letting go of everything. Well, you know, we hope for listeners that you got something out of our show. Just look at the rest of the week. Have an interesting week. What are you holding on to? I'd love the ending. My name is Jean-Marie Ayers. I'm Amy Sullivan-Ryan. I'm Dr. Carrie Skirtlaw. And again, this is where we talk about everything. And absolutely nothing. And I just want to make sure that we acknowledge, thanks, Betsy Heffron, our guest Thank you, for Betsy. joining us yes. today. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. It was great. It was really great. Right, bye.